Welcome to Travel Tips Tuesday with John Rogers. On today's show, you'll learn up-to-date, creative, and personal tips that will help you make your travel dreams a reality. Enjoy today's episode. Here's John. Hey, and good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Travel Tips Tuesday. I'm going to wait just a minute uh, for the Facebook Live algorithm to do its thing while people hop on. Uh, If you do hop on tonight, please say hello. Let me know that you're here. I would love to know that you're joining me tonight. Uh, We're going to talk about something kind of fun. Um, A lot of you commented on it yesterday on my newsfeed, and uh, even today when I posed the question in a slightly different way. Um, And that is how to spend a solo day at Disney. Um, One of my uh, kind of newer friends in life is uh, a Disney pro who does a lot uh, with, you know, theme park shows, productions, and uh, even other types of kind of TV productions and whatnot. And he made a joke, you know, what would you do for a Han Solo day at, you know, at Disney? And one of my friends was like, hey, you know, making fun of, uh, kind of making fun of the whole thing in a Star Wars kind of way. But anyway, so the best way to spend a solo day at Disney. What do you do? How how do you do it? How does that go on? Because there are so many possibilities. Walt Disney World as a resort is massive. It's absolutely massive. Tonight we are also going to talk about um, how to spend a day, even more specifically, how to spend a solo day at Disney if it's your first time going. Because it can be very overwhelming. Okay, I know somebody that went for the first time recently um, and they didn't go to Magic Kingdom. Uh, They didn't go to, to Epcot or Animal Kingdom. They went to Disney's Hollywood Studios. Right. So um, for, you know, a number of different reasons, but, you know, again, we're going to get into that here in a little bit. Uh, I'll tell a story or two, Um, but I want to make a couple of announcements up front, uh, maybe more than two. Um, But first thing is this. If you are listening via podcast, please like and rate it uh, on Apple podcast. I would love to be able to share this with more people um, that are out there. And the way that happens is, you know, the more reviews you get it, the more like give it, the more likely it is to show up, um, in searches for podcasts. Um, would love for you to share this, uh, not just the live stream, but if you go into the uh, comments and descriptions, for those of you that are watching live right now, and even later on, um, you'll see a link for anchor.fm forward slash travel tips Tuesday. And that will take you to the podcast page where you can, um, find a link for Apple Podcasts, for Spotify, for you know Google, all these you know probably I think like eight or nine different um, podcast players. I think Spotify is kind of the default, but Apple Podcast is on there. Uh, you can also stream it directly from that site. But it would be helpful if you wouldn't mind leaving me a review uh, on Apple Podcast uh, for me. I try not to ask about that too much, but there's my shameless plug for that tonight. Like and subscribe it. Share this thing away. Um, it is also, today is National um, Vacation Planning Day, National Plan of Vacation Day. You know, one of those sort of uh, unofficial holidays that somebody somewhere at some point in time thought was a great idea. I personally think it's a great idea because it gives me a chance to dream. It gives me a chance to to think. It gives me a chance to, you know, engage with people that otherwise I may not have the chance to talk to um, about their vacation planning needs, right? Because I don't, I don't charge anything for my services, but... You know, maybe maybe somebody needs a little bit of help with something. So it allows us to have a little bit more visibility for what we do. Um, so if I can help you in any way, let me know. would love to help um, dream with you and come alongside you and um, talk about uh, the, the vacation travel dreams that you have. So 
Um, and then the next thing is this. There are all sorts of crazy um, sales and promotions and stuff going on right now. Uh, if you are thinking about a trip, now is a great, great, great time to plan a cruise, to plan a Disney trip, to plan an all-inclusive experience, to you know, plan a trip over to Europe. Um, it is a great time to do that. Um, why? Because there are dates that are all the way out into 2021, like the middle of 2021. And the earlier you book, typically the better the deal that you're going to get, um, especially with Disney and even sometimes some of the cruise lines that are out there. If you book early and a cheaper rate comes out and you can apply it later on, you know you've got your spot. You know you've got more time to, to pay that vacation off so you're not using a credit card last minute to accrue all that debt all at one time. So lots of different options for you there. Some folks have been commenting. I want to see who that was. Okay, um, Kimberly, and I'm gonna, actually going to come back to her comment here in just a little bit. Um, Diana says, hi, John. I feel special you're doing this episode. Diana um, is actually in a mastermind group that I'm a part of uh, with my friend Terry Weaver, and she made a comment um, on kind of this particular subject and kind of gave me the inspiration for it. So you can thank Diana for that, uh, for this comment tonight. So let's get started into our conversation for tonight. Okay, the best way to spend a Han, right, for all you Star Wars fans out there, the best way to spend a Han solo day at Disney. It won't be all Star Wars themed, I promise. There will probably be some mention of it because, well, it's it's me doing this thing, right? So, um, and if you do have a comment, if you want to, um, you know, contribute to the discussion in any way, if you agree with me, if you disagree with me, um, like Nate Goodrich did last week, um, you know, you, you can you can disagree with me. That's fine. Let's talk about it. Uh, let's still be friends, though, at the end of the day. Um, would love to uh, talk to you about what we're talking about tonight. So if you've got a tip, uh, please put it in here. Let's learn from each other. All right, so for first-timers, let's talk about that first because um, I don't want um, this that to be lost in the kind of overall uh, discussion that we're having tonight um, about solo days at Disney. And I think it's very important because there are, as, as Diana brought this up, um, there are a lot of people that go to Disney on conventions and conferences. Probably some of you either listening or watching this now have been to, to the Walt Disney World Resort on a convention or conference of some sort, whether it was for a college group, a school group, or something work-related. Um, you know, there, Disney has lots of different convention centers, you know, across property. Um, you know, smaller ones, bigger ones, um, for, for different things and different needs. So there are people that are at, at the Disney parks all the time uh, for those things. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, they'll get a cheaper conference rate ticket and they're able to get into the park um, and just kind of wander around on their own. And it can be a little overwhelming um, if you're going to Walt Disney World for the first time because of all the things, you know, you're going to do. You know, from the time you try to get into the parking lot to going through security to, you know, going through the touch points or turnstiles or whatever you want to call them to walking into the parks and boom, there's Cinderella's Castle, there's Main Street USA, there's the Dapper Dan singing over there. Oh, there's a parade coming at three o'clock. I didn't know that. Oh, look, there's Mickey and Minnie. What about Space Mountain? How do I get there? You know, there's all these things you can do. So how do you like not get overwhelmed in the process? Okay, so I'm going to just sort of run through a few quick things, a few quick ideas to kind of help with that. So if you've never been to Walt Disney World before, um, feel free to comment, you know, put a, put a question in here, email it to me. would love to chat with you about that um, if there's any way that I can help you. So pin trading. Pin trading is the first thing that I want to talk about right off the board. And this was some, something that someone commented today. 
um, on this particular issue. And pin trading is like, why aren't you talking about like the food or the rights or whatever? Well, pin trading honestly is one of those things that you can do. You can buy a, a relatively cheap starter kit um, at really any of the, um, at almost any gift shop uh, at Walt Disney World, the pin trading depot down at Disney Springs if you wanted to before you even go into the parks. Um, and it's just a great way to kind of meet other people because other, not everybody, but some people will have lanyards, some people will have books and binders, you know, where you have hundreds, even thousands of pins in some cases. Some people carry whole backpack fulls of them. Um, cast members, cast members have lanyards. They cannot refuse a pin trade. And essentially the way a pin trade works is you start off with a few pins and, you know, you go up to somebody and you kind of swap pins. It's as simple as that. And cast members can't refuse pin trades, right? They can't. So if you see one on their lanyard or one that they have and you want to trade, you know, one that you have for one that they have um, kind of thing, then they have to trade with you. So kind of fun. Um, and I enjoy it. And that's another thing where you can do. You can get to know cast members, ask them how their day's going, you know, see where they're, you know, where they're from. If they're from another country, ask them about where they're from. If they're from, you know, back home where you are, you know, you can kind of make a connection. Uh, it's a great way to uh, connect with others. The second thing is this. Research and make a plan. It's as simple as that. Research and make a plan. You know, and, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, Disney, great, Mickey Mouse, whatever. But seriously, at least take a few moments. Go online, right? And I typically don't steer people towards uh, unofficial Disney blog sites because, you know, not all of them are kept up to date, um, including my own. I'll be honest, it is not up to date. Um, but there are some pretty reputable ones that are out there. The Disney Parks blog is the... Uh, kind of main official resource for Disney Parks news. Uh, there are some other ones out there today. They're, you know, pretty close and pretty usually on point with things. Uh, but Disney Parks blog does not speculate in rumors. You know, they only share fact uh, of what is going on. So uh, if you want to know, you know, for sure information, it's a great spot to check it out. D Disney Parks blog. You can follow them on Facebook um, as well, and I think Twitter. Um, you know, along with researching and making a plan, go in with realistic expectations. You know, go in knowing that there's going to be a lot to do that you will likely not be able to do. So I think with that mindset that can very easily help you overcome this, oh my gosh, there's too much stuff to do. Um, you can just go in and just enjoy it. Soak it in. The number three is this. Um, go on a VIP tour. My friend Ian, um, that has actually recently been at Disneyland out in California, um, shared go on the Walk and Waltz Footsteps Tour, um, which is a Disneyland tour specifically. But there are some really awesome tours that you can take at Walt Disney World as well. In fact, at most of the tour, at most of the Disney theme parks, there's some great uh, behind-the-scenes tours that you can take. Uh, one of the least expensive ones over at Epcot that, that I know about, and maybe the least expensive kind of behind-the-scenes tour, is called the Behind the Seeds Tour. The Behind the Seeds Tour. And that's seed, like, you know, you plant in the ground, not seen like a movie scene or something. So uh, the behind the scenes tour uh, at Epcot, you kind of go through the land pavilion. It shows you how, you know, they use hydroponics to grow different things. It shows you how they use, um, how they use ladybugs to control um, pests and, and, and a number of different, it's some really neat things that they do. Um, how they grow uh, cucumbers in the shape of like uh, a Mickey or how they grow a pumpkin. They have these giant like, plastic encasing molds where they will like put it around a young pumpkin or cucumber or something it's just it's really neat so the behind the seeds tour is a lot of fun 
uh, Alicia Nelson spelled it out for you there. So it's fantastic. It really is a lot of fun. Um, and it's really neat, especially uh, around Christmas time now, that they've kind of decked out the land pavilion a little bit. So if you go back next year during the holidays, look out for that. Um, it's a lot of fun. Definitely recommend it. Um, other VIP tours that are out there, you can actually hire uh, your own VIP tour guide. And again, this is based on availability. Um, VIP tours have a minimum duration of seven hours. Again, seven hours, that's with what a lot of people refer to as a plaid. Um, plaids are the ones that uh, are in, and Terry's like going nuts right now. He's like, there we go. Um, thank you, Terry, so much for all the likes. Um, VIP tours are probably one of the best ways to experience a park. If you want to talk about maximizing your time, it's pretty much, not quite, but in most cases, I would say like 90, 95% of the time, um, VIP tour guides can take you on pretty much any attraction. They'll take you down the fast pass line, um, and you know, you'll be able to hop right on and kind of by bypass the majority of the lines. Sometimes, even if you go on a fast pass line, you know this if you've been to the parks before, you'll still have, you might have a you know 15 minute wait or so. Um, but not always. Um, and VIP tour guides, they can take you, you know, from park to park. You do have to have a park hopper ticket uh, for that. So the VIP tour guide expense is kind of an additional expense on top of uh, your regular ticket. But they can pretty much do mostly anything uh, for you within, uh, within reason. So uh, Diana says, I nominate McNair to be my tour guide. <laughs> Um, that's great, Diana. So McNair, who Mc, uh, Diana is talking about, McNair Wilson is, uh, I've talked about him before on here, might have been a little while. He was the, I think, the chief creative lead for the Tower of Terror uh, at Walt Disney World at, at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Used to be MGM back there. He was one of the main Imagineers that uh, was um, that was kind of in charge of sort of the creative kind of layout and, and thought process for uh, MGM Studios when it was built. It became Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, he came up, he coined the term Downtown Disney. Um, he also had a very big part um, in designing and setting up Pleasure Island um, at what used to be Downtown Disney's Down Disney Springs, and Pleasure Island was actually pretty much completely taken away uh, and bulldozed for some of the new expansions that, excuse me, that that uh, Disney had uh, done down there. But Mignard's a really awesome guy. Um, it was a lot of fun. I got to tour part of Hollywood Studios with him uh, last year and go to the Tower of Terror and sort of, it was a really cool moment because I was a cast member there. So um, if you do go to the Thing uh, Conference, Terry Weaver's Conference in May for creative dreamers and entrepreneurs, um, I, I've been there before. I got to go last year. Uh, there are, you know, photographers, videographers, travel agents, executive producers, podcasters, um, you know, people that put on like nationwide concert series. There's all sorts of booking agents, um, all sorts of people, Disney Imagineers, former Disney executives, um, come by the last, uh, and one of the really cool things is the last, um, ringmaster, the very last ringmaster for Barnum and Bailey circus was there. His name is Jonathan Lee Iverson. And he was so, so incredible just to listen to and to hear from. So if you're creative, if you are a dreamer, if you're an entrepreneur, was not planning on doing this tonight, but seriously, go to thething.live. Um, it is a great, great time, a, a potentially life-changing experience for you to be able to lean on creatives in other fields and see how they can kind of all come together uh, and, and, and sharpen each other and help you know improve you, your business, you know your social media presence, uh, you know what, whatever it may be. So great thing for that. Sort of a side note there. So um, 
we just wrapped up talking about VIP tour guides before we went on that little tangent just a second ago. Um, let's start talking about a little bit. I've got like 13, like 13 things written down. Don't worry. Uh, I'm not going to go over all of these because I would be here a while. But sort of 13 things, um, sort of veteran comments. If you've been to Disney before, if you get the craziness of the parks, um, if you understand if that's something that's, that's you, you're like, yeah, you know, that's me. I could do a solo day at Disney. Or maybe not. Or maybe it just kind of mildly interests you in some way. Um, this list is for you. Even for first-timers, if you have not been to Walt Disney World before, listen up. Because I think that these tips could be helpful for you as well. It could help drive some of your curiosity that could help you um, that could help you plan uh, plan along the way. So the first thing that someone mentioned, and this goes back to the VIP tour guide a little bit, um, and definitely having a park hopper ticket. You've got to have a park hopper ticket if you're going for only one day and you've never been. Trust me, you will you want to see all four parks um, if possible. So all four parks in one day. Um, all four parks in one day. This is kind of veteran tip number one. Uh, would be a lot of fun. Uh, it would. I've done it before. It is absolutely exhausting, um, but it's a great way to see a lot of what Disney does. Um, and one of the really cool things is um, if you get a chance to go back to a park that you're at in the morning and then again see it at night, and maybe you've seen some other things during the day, you know, the parks in the morning and at night have a completely different feel. Some of them, um, like Animal Kingdom, especially over at Pandora or over at Disney's Hollywood Studios at Galaxy's Edge, they just sort of come alive with the lighting, uh, the, the ambient sound, the kind of music that's out there, all the different sort of effects that they have. It's just really, really cool. Highly recommend that. Um, the second thing, wander around and look at all the detail. Just go into the park, stop, pause, look around, just sort of you know breathe, and, and just, just take it all in. Because there's a lot of detail. There are a lot of really, really creative people that spent a very long time, you know, pouring into their craft. You know, some of those, the, the lettering on Main Street, on the windows, it kind of looks like that old-fashioned style hand lettering. Well, that's because it is, right? Those letters were not, they're not screened or silk printed. Those letters were done um, by hand. Um, so, again, this is very, you know, this is not machine printed stuff. These are artisans that have come in teams of them um, to make all this stuff possible. So it's, it's just it's just amazing to me what uh, the human creative spirit can do when when you come together. It's a really awesome thing. So wander around, just look at all the detail. Pretend like you're in a museum. You don't have to go on an attraction. You don't even have to eat anything if you don't want to for the first little bit. Just wander around, check it all out. Um, number three, and this is this kind of um, should be, and this was mentioned a little bit, and when somebody was kind of sharing their story of what they did on a solo day. Um, is this, and, and this should be in the first-timer list, um, but for first-timers, know all your transportation options. Know your transportation options. If you don't know your transportation options, right, if you don't know how to read the bus schedules, if you don't know that they, they're supposed to come every 20 minutes, more like 30 in some cases, if you don't know that there's a monorail and sometimes it shuts down, a lot of times it doesn't, sometimes it does, um, you know, there, there are boats that go uh, to the parks from some of the hotels to, to different parks. There's also the Disney Skyliner uh, as well that goes between Epcot and Hollywood Studios um, and a few of the other resorts with the hub right there at the Caribbean Beach Resort. Um, a lot of different options out there that could help you maximize a single day. You would be surprised how quickly you can get from Disney's Hollywood Studios to Epcot by Skyliner. Like seriously, even if the lines are kind of long, I mean, it's, a, it's an onloading, offloading process I and mean, constant... Um, 
even if they're kind of long, you know, 15, 20 minutes tops from one part to the other via Skyliner. You get a good view. You might make some new friends on the way. Um, it's a great, was a great innovative move uh, for Disney. If you had been to like Magic Kingdom like years ago when they still had the sky buckets that kind of went over fantasy land, right? If you remember that, this is completely different from that. So like if you have memories from like 25 years ago when you were a kid remembering that and you haven't been in Disney since, since it's completely different. Very different. Very different situation. Um, and a great move by Disney indeed. So I've done it a couple of times. Um, it's definitely a great move. So I even took it when I was uh, there for the Travelmation retreat and I had a little bit of time at the end of the day. I went from Disney's Hollywood Studios. I wanted to go straight to Disney Springs. I was thinking about calling an Uber um, or a Lyft um, to, to get over to Disney Springs from the park because you cannot go from a park to Disney Springs or from Disney Springs to a park on Disney transportation unless you do a minivan. You can do it via minivan, uh, which is kind of Disney transportation, but also kind of Lyft, uh, Lyft, anyway. But, so what I did is I went from um, Disney's Hollywood Studios via Skyliner to Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort, uh, which is kind of the hub for um, the, the Skyliner area that kind of branches off into a couple of different places. Uh, I walked from the Skyliner hub to a bus station at Caribbean Beach Resort and hopped on a bus there that took me to Disney Springs. Super quick thing. I think maybe it took 30 or 40 minutes total, and that includes waiting time. So if you include the time that it took me to, you know, walk from the, the exit of Hollywood Studios and get on the Skyliner to ride the Skyliner and then get off and then walk. So, you know, I, I saved a little bit of money by doing that, and I got to see how Disney transportation worked and got to see part of a hotel that otherwise I may not have gotten to see. So um, it was pretty neat. So... Um, the fourth thing is this for veterans, uh, ride, eat, stop, and start when and where you want. This is a big deal. That's why people absolutely love going to Disney and, and having solo days at Disney. Just going at your own pace, right? You don't have to worry about kids. You don't have to worry about other people, you know, cooperating schedules and going on the app and making sure people's, you know, my Disney experience stuff lines up and, and all that. Plus, you know, it's a lot easier to get fast passes for major rides like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and Flight of Passage, um, and now even Smuggler's Run, um, the Millennium Falcon ride at Disney at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So uh, th there's a lot of ways to be able to to, to maximize your time um, that way, just just by being by yourself and kind of doing what you want. Um, one of the things I do want to mention very quickly is is some people uh, commented yesterday that. Uh, they didn't have fun on a solo day. They thought it was boring. Maybe they're more extroverted and they just kind of love being around people. That's totally fine. I get that. I kind of split, you know, I'm sort of even keel as it were. Um, a little bit extroverted, a little bit introverted, kind of somewhere in the middle. And so I love being around people, but I can, you know, also be in a spot by myself if I need to. You know, I like to recharge. I got to recharge sometimes. Uh, but sometimes I like going where there's lots of people and, you know, quote unquote being by myself. Um, one of the really cool things about Disney, though, is that there's this sort of camaraderie. There's this sort of uh, community that exists uh, for, um, for, for Disney fans, for people that are there in the parks, you know? Um, you know, just striking up conversations, saying, hey, you know, where are y'all from? Or where are y'all from, right? So I'm from the south, the southeast U.S. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, something that I might say. But, you know, where are you from? You know, tell me about your trip. Are y'all celebrating anything? You know, real safe uh, questions. Hey, Libby, good to see you. Um, the real safe questions that you can ask that won't um, 
you know, won't cause any alarm, won't freak anybody out if they've got kids or whatever. You're just kind of, moving, you know, you'll part ways. You're, you know, you're not exchanging information or anything like that. Uh, but it's just kind of neat to sort of share each other's stories, you know, talking to cast members, asking about them and if they're having good days. You know, I know people that, you know, will go to the parks for this specific reason of spreading pixie dust to, to cast members, right? Because it's a hard job. You know, think about the literal, literally probably hundreds of thousands of people that come in and out of, you know, all four parks combined on a daily basis. Um, it, it, it's a taxing thing. There's a lot that goes into it. And some of them end up working back-to-back -back shifts and, you know, they have short nights because there's special events that go on. And just being able to go and, and hang out and bless the cast members is a huge thing. Um, coming from somebody that was one for a little while and, and married to somebody that was one for a little while and knowing other people that are cast members there now, um, it can make your trip, it can make their, you know, their day just by doing that. So just think about doing that sometime. The next thing are the shows. So Disney, um, as you know, they've got a lot of Broadway shows that are out there, but they've also got uh, nighttime spectaculars in the parks. They also have kind of mini versions of some of their Broadway shows that are in the parks. Um, like the Lion King show and uh, Finding Nemo um, that's over at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, there are a few others that are kind of scattered about, but there are a lot of shows and fun things that are sort of interactive uh, a little bit that, that are a blast to do. So I'm going to kind of skip around a little bit. Oh, um, don't want to, uh, don't want to over, don't want to go over this one um, that, or I want to go over it. I don't want to miss this one is what I'm trying to say. Uh, people watch. So, some people like to go people watching at Walmart, you know, Waffle House. Maybe those are fun spots to go people watch. But people watching at Disney is a special thing because you got people coming from all over the world, right? Um, that, that are there, and oh my goodness, it can you see some fun things? So one quick story about that is when I was there, I, I guess back in May, uh, they were still celebrating Mickey Minnie's 90th birthday. They kind of had the white. Um, my outfits and the polka dots and different things on and it was it was kind of fun it was kind of neat and uh as i was leaving the park they were gonna they were in the process of doing extra magic hours so the park was open a little bit later than night and i was leaving before that started and you know i'm leaving i look over to my left and i see this family come in this little old lady i mean tiny little old sweet lady uh on a scooter because there's you know ecv scooters everywhere to help folks get around Stacked out with tinsels. He's got like a poster board on the back, and she's wearing a birthday hat and a little necklace. And you know, you can tell she's really old. And it said "Happy 90th Birthday," uh, and then have the lady's name, and then and Mickey and Minnie or something like that. So it was the sweetest thing in the world to see. But it was like 11 o'clock at night. Like I was like, man, this lady's up past her bedtime or something. But um, it was really neat just to kind of see that, you know, and see the way people are celebrating and that sometimes, you know, age is not uh, a factor, be it younger uh, or older. And the way that, that Disney parks can sort of bring people together. Um, and that will probably be a, an amazing memory uh, for that family to look back on. So as I think about those things, that's just, I don't know, that, that was kind of cool. To people watch it, yeah, there's some crazy, silly things or even things that'll make you angry sometimes that you see, but... Uh, sometimes there's some really neat things like that if you just sort of look around. So um, I want to go back and definitely mention this one. I'm only going to do a couple of, couple of ones after this, but take note of the different smells. All Disney parks and even a lot of the rides have their own sense of smell. So Disney will engage guests using the five smells. You may not know that, but they do. So sight, sound, right, uh, even touch. Um, in, in smell for sure. And I'm not just talking about the Main Street Bakery. 
I'm not talking about the churro cart or the spring roll cart you pass in Adventureland or um, or the popcorn or whatever. I mean, they sure, you know, they, they use those things to kind of pull you in, to spend a little bit of snack money. But um, it, they do pump in smells in some of the rides. You know, there there's this sort of... Um, it's not really an offensive odor, but for some of the water rides that some people like for whatever reason. Um, and those are kind of smells and different things that can sort of remind you of your experience. And, you know, just so just be aware of that. Like when you're going around, you know, to the different parts and the different attractions, and even the different lands, notice um, what your nose does as you move through. Not just the food smells, but the other things that are kind of coming around. So... I don't know, I just thought it was kind of neat. And if you are somebody that loves the Disney smells, whether it is the Main Street Bakery um, or whether it's, um, you know, another attraction, an attraction that you're very fond of um, and there's a sort of distinct smell, or maybe you love churros, right? You love Disney churros. Um, Nicole Nichols, who I believe is either at Disney or actually about to go soon, um, is uh, is the kind of owner-operator of Circa 1955, which is a branch of her... Uh, candle company called Lux and Loom, and they make Disney-inspired scented candles, and they are wonderful. Um, they make the little wax melts. They've got you know big full-size votive candles. They're uh, very high-quality, handmade, and highly recommend them. Um, I've talked about them before. Again, you know she's. I'm not asking for free stuff. She's never sent me any free product. That's fine. I just completely believe in, in what she does. It's a high-quality product, and it's excellent. She doesn't sponsor this in any way. Um, but definitely something to think about, a great gift idea. Um, so, yeah, uh, Alicia. So Alicia and Diana and some others have sort of been bantering back and forth. Alicia says, you can even buy candles to mimic the smells. My favorite is Spaceship Earth, uh, Rome burning. Weird. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. It is kind of weird, but that's okay. Um, us Disney folks are kind of weird. We sort of stick together. All right. So one person put down here, uh, just go to the France Pavilion, have a coffee pastry listen to some music so just relax again these are mostly veterans talking uh in this this part of the discussion but just go and again take it in that's what it's all about somebody said i can't remember who said this but i think it was a great idea eat 10 giant fresh churros without the caramel dipping sauce uh they must be fresh because uh old churros especially if you're eating 10 of them um if that's even possible i don't know um, are, are not the best. So, you know, churros are not something you want to wrap up and take home as a souvenir. They need to be eaten, eaten right there. So, um, lastly, and certainly not least, rope drop. If you don't know what those two words mean, rope drop. If you're only spending one day, be there before the park opens. So a lot of people kind of know about rope drop a little bit because of the opening of rise of the resistance recently and even smugglers run and galaxy's edge as a whole several months before that over at disney's hollywood studios for all the star wars stuff you know rope drop is this term that basically when uh, before parks are open they will let you in so far and cast members will literally have a rope that runs across a certain area to keep people from going in too far there will be other cast members and security folks and stuff around to make sure you don't kind of go past the rope Disney or Disney's ex are experts at crowd control, right? So they know um, typically how people will respond. So uh, what cast members will do is they will literally drop the rope. They'll wind it up. They have this big giant spool 
um, they'll wind it up and then sometimes we'll do a big grand announcement. Occasionally, you know, there used to be kind of rope drop sort of mini shows at the beginning of, of each day at all the parks. Um, now it's almost switched over to more of an announcement um, kind of experience, but it's still neat to be there for a number of reasons. Uh, because you end up talking to people and get to know people as you're standing around and waiting for the park to open. You're talking about each other's day and, you know, what you're going to do and, and stuff like that. And for the first, like, especially um, in the slow seasons, but even in the summer, for the first couple of hours of the day. So, say park opens at 8. So, roughly from, like, 8 to 10, um, there's kind of the golden hour for the park because usually it's not too warm. Um, and the ride times are typically low. It's one of the best times to get on some of the busier attractions that you couldn't get a fast pass for. Fast pass for. So again, first timer tip. Um, if there's a, a ride that you really want to go on, either get there super early or plan on staying late and getting in line right before the park closes. Um, I did this with Slinky Dog Dash a couple of weeks ago when I was there at Walt Disney World for the Travelmation Retreat. Slinky Dog Dash is the new Toy Story themed solar co uh, roller coaster. After Slinky Dog uh, from... You know, like the old toy you used to play, but from Toy Story. And, um, you know, there weren't any fast passes all day long. The ride wait times was probably even 35, I don't know, 45 minutes, something like that. Literally, like, I don't know, 10 minutes before the park closes. I'm, like, up close to the front of the park. I mean, it could be lying back to the back because I'm like, look, I haven't done this yet. I haven't been on any of the new rides in Toy Story Land. Um, so I went back there and I got a line. If, if the ride's going, the park is still open, they will let you in line. They will not close down the lines before the park closes unless, unless a ride goes down. Um, a lot of times also, um, and I found this to be true more than once, especially in this case recently. And then again, uh, back in May, ride times are inflated towards the end of the day. So that helps kind of keep people away. It can help clear the queues out, uh, a lot of times. Um, so just kind of keep that in the back of mind. If there's something you really want to do, either do it really early in the morning or really late at night. A uh, great way to maximize your time so you're not stressed out about wanting to do that one thing. So these things, these kinds of things are easier to do uh, if you don't have young children uh, or you don't have a large group of people um, that uh, you're all sort of trying to coordinate with. So it's a great solo, uh, solo thing to do, or Han Solo as it were. And then my buddy, um, David Dollar, who's, a, who's another travel agent, uh, with a different agency, but David Dollar is absolutely amazing. I uh, love that guy. I look up to him. We, we're kind of from the same sort of general area uh, around Bur Birmingham. A solid family. David has a great podcast called Magic on the Dollar, by the way. Uh, look it up. It will definitely be worth your time. He just got back from Disneyland, but he said, do the Parkeology Challenge. For those of you that don't know what the Parkeology Challenge is this, it actually has its own sort of website. It's not an official Disney thing. But the Parkeology Challenge is where you go and you ride every single, you know, 46, 47, 48, however many there are now. Every single attraction at Walt Disney World, operating attraction, in one day. So some people say, you know, fast passes, non-fast passes, you know, all that. But ride every single Disney attraction in one day. Have people done it? Yes. Have a lot of people tried and failed? Yes. Um, but it is just a really cool, fun thing to do. You'll be absolutely exhausted at the end of the day. It is an extremely long day because normally people will get up and go when their extra magic hours are earlier in the morning uh, and probably probably end at a park maybe that has them later at the night and, there's, you know, and go when the park hours are longer uh, during those seasons. The parks are open a little bit a little bit longer, so it's a lot more challenging uh, than one might think, but it is it is absolutely possible. 
to do every single ride at Walt Disney World uh, in one day. And I'm going to try and do it one day. Don't know when that's going to be, but that's just kind of a, maybe maybe a pipe dream or something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe wishful thinking. Um, so there's that. I hope you all enjoyed uh, that list. So I didn't get to everything tonight. You know, again, if you do have a tip for how to maximize um, a solo day at Disney, please, please, please contribute. Um, just to kind of end summary, um, if you do a solo day, or really any time, but especially when you go by yourself, slow down, just breathe for a minute, take it all in, realize where you are, and enjoy it. Whatever your pace is, enjoy it. Because you don't have to worry about anybody else but yourself. And, you know, there, there are rare times when um, that gets to happen for us, right? Because uh, life is busy. So when you have those moments, take advantage of them. Take advantage of vacation time um, if, if you have it. So I saw a stat today that came out about the sheer number of people that don't take vacation time. About the probably, I think it's like millions of hours of unused vacation time in the United States that, uh, that, that, that you know, happens every year. And people, you know, this, these are paid vacation hours a lot of times. So your job, you know, is not as important as taking care of yourself. Whether that's, you know, relaxing, whether that's you need to go to the doctor or spend more time at the gym or whatever. Take that vacation time. Use it. Whether it's going to Disney, whether it's going somewhere else, or just taking a staycation and hanging at home. I mean, again, back to Disney. Take a breath. Enjoy whatever it looks like for you because, well, you're flying solo. So next week, next week we're going to start walking around the world at Epcot. So tune back in. And yes, we're going to turn left uh, to go around the World Showcase Lagoon, start off in Mexico, and make our way around. We might pause about halfway through, um, depending, and cover a couple of other things. Um, but it should be an interesting conversation. We are going to talk food. We are going to talk attractions, maybe a little bit of Disney history here and there. Uh, some up-and-coming stuff, you know, what was, what hopefully will be, all those sorts of things. So if you're a fan of Epcot, like me, um, this will be a great conversation for you. Uh, and maybe a great one to share with uh, your friends that are out there that may want to learn more about Epcot and why it is definitely a park you do not want to skip. So thank you again so much for your support. Thank you for listening. Please make sure you go to the Anchor FM link. Um, that is in the description. Um, like and subscribe to the podcast. Please give me a rating. Hopefully it's five stars. Uh, let me know what you think. And if you've got any questions, feel free to contact me at johnrogers at travelmation.net or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash travelmation.johnr. You can just search at travelmation.johnr on Facebook for my business page. So you can reach out to me here too on my personal page too. So a lot of fun. Uh, really enjoyed it. Thank you again. We do hope you'll have a magical evening, and we'll see you again next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Travel Tips Tuesday. We'll be back next week with another episode. See you then.